This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I mean, just, it seems like there's no end in sight for these dreadful baseball teams. It's the same stuff every day. Now... With the Yankees, and that's where I'm going to start. We'll get to the Mets in a little bit. And there's actually some positives, believe it or not, from that. Well, now I sound like Buck Showalter. Well, some positives from this. Not in the way that you think, but there are some things that I liked that I saw uh, from the Mets. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later on. But with the Yankees here, see, I'm not falling into this trap again. Too many times we've been down this road before and we kick this team while they're down and we criticize this team and say, oh, they're not going to be any good. They can't win without Judge. They don't have the depth, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden they turn it around and come right back in. Now, it is ugly. There, there is no disputing that. They can't score. And the excuse can't just be Aaron Judge. Luckily, you know, whether it's Rizzo, whether it's Aaron Boone, Everybody's saying the right thing in, in that, you know what, it can't just be about Aaron Judge. It's not just about one guy. The problem is that you have you know, the Yankees in the standings. They, forget it. I mean, the division is getting away from them. Ten and a half games back now in the standings and just going the wrong way. Losers of four straight. I mean, they've got to be able, and, and they got the Blue Jays and Red Sox right there with them. I mean, when you're closer to last place than you are first place, that's a major problem. But. When Bader comes back and the Yankees expect him to be back in the lineup on Tuesday night, taking on the Mariners. And, you know, maybe this is a homestand. They get right a little bit here over these six games. They got Oakland coming up to close out June with the A's and the Cardinals, two of the worst teams in baseball. So the, I, I feel like the Yankees will get it turned around. Um, and I know that it sucks getting swept by the, you know, by the Red Sox, a doubleheader in, in Boston. You get swept for the three-game series. Uh, and I get it. And and the Yankees didn't score any runs. So I understand the frustration. And you want to look into more specifics. I would be, you know, where I may not be concerned about the Yankees overall at this particular point, I would be highly concerned about Luis Severino. He would be a guy that well, the Yankees are going to have to go out there and get a starting pitcher, which may not be something that you thought that they would need to get. Even if Rodon comes back, even with Cortez potentially returning to this rotation at some point soon, they're going to need another starter because Severino was a guy that they were going to be able to count on as being one of the top guys in that rotation, and he just has consistently not been very good. I mean, he's very, very, very hittable. I know the Yankees' defense not great behind him. Again, we know the offense is the you know top story 
as far as their struggles, but I would be highly concerned about Luis Severino. I mean, the guy's pitching with 6'3 ERA. It, can't, it just can't happen. He's get, he's a territory of some of the Mets starters. Like, you can't run him out there every fifth day anymore. The Yankees got to figure something out with Luis Severino. But then you look at the lineup, and, you know, it's the same old stuff. Okay, I understand the judge is missing. Now, like I said, Bader coming back, and we were down this road before in early May. Right, The last time it felt like this with the Yankees was coming off that series against the Guardians going into Tampa, even though the Yankees had won two out of three with Cleveland. It was very similar circumstances. No Aaron Judge, no Harrison Bader, double-digit games back or nine games back, whatever it was at the time in the division, and it felt like, man, this team can't get out of their own way. They just can't hit. No Judge. They look lost. All of a sudden, Bader comes back against Tampa. They start to play better. Judge comes back, and then they go on a nice run. And now they're without both those guys again. And again, it looks bleak for the Yankees. Where, you know, the only game they're winning is against the crappy Mets in this past week. But they will get it turned around. They're too good not to. And I know that they do have guys there. You know, Rizzo is one guy who's got to get the job done. John Carlos Stanton's got to get the job done. Um, you know, Volpe is a guy we talk about all year long. Think about the guys that we talked about. Cabrera, who's now gets sent down back to the minors. You know, that's another issue. We could talk about Severino, but it's just the lack of development of guys who they expected a lot from. Oswaldo Cabrera was supposed to be an impact player for him in, in a, uh, you know, a flex position, a versatile role. He was supposed to be an impact player for him. He can't get gone. They believed in Josh Donaldson. He's washed up. We told you he's washed up. They believed in Josh Donaldson. DJ LeMayu. I mean, what is LeMayu's deal? What type of player can he be You know, or that, that the Yankees can potentially count on here? I, I don't know if you can with LeMayu anymore. For me, the fix is, and maybe they do this on this homestand, maybe not. They got to call up. Uh, Peraza and erase one of the two problems that they have at third base, either LeMayu or Donaldson. Now, I'm not saying you got to give up on those guys forever the rest of the way, but it's not happening right now for them. So how long do you let this thing sink before you actually make a change? Now, you don't want to move Volpe off a shortstop? Fine, then have Peraza come up and play third. For me, I'd clean up the mess, and I think the proper shakeup would be you know, remember, too, you're getting Bader back. Like I said, that's going to be a huge lift, getting Bader back. Although it does take out either McKinney or Bowers, two guys who have been contributing probably more than some of the others. But at least you get a regular everyday player back. So that would be one thing to clean up the outfield a little bit. The other thing I would do would bring up Peraza. And I would move Volpe to second, probably. Although, like I said, now you're taking it because that's his future long term. So maybe if you don't want to make that move right now for this year, you bring up Peraza, which has to be done no matter what, and either have him or Volpe play third. So if you're not, if my long term vision with the Yankees, as I think this out in live time here, if my long term vision with the Yankees is Peraza at short and Volpe at second, maybe this year you roll with Volpe at at, uh, short still and you move Peraza up and put him at third and you keep Glaber at second, and you have Donaldson available as a DH, and, you know, with LeMayu, I don't know what you do, but have him off the bench and maybe get him some spot starts here or there. But you can't keep running the same guys. I mean, what is DJ LeMayu providing exactly for this team? You know, you can focus on the wrong thing here with Aaron Judge being out. How about the guys that are here? LeMayu's hitting 230. 
He's a guy that's not going to have a ton of power that's supposed to have for high average. That is, to me, he's lost a step defensively as well. He was supposed to be a great defensive player. He is not. So I would look to move LeMayu and Donaldson out of that starting lineup. You have a hot bat with Peraza. Bring him up. Now, that doesn't solve the issue with Anthony Volpe, but you know they said they're going to ride with Volpe here. And, you know, he is a rookie, and you're going to take some of those lumps, and at least there's some promise there. I mean, if you had to pick between Volpe, LeMayhew, and Donaldson, to me, even though the average is not there, everything else is better with Anthony Volpe. So I would side with him. And again, even though I don't love Glaber, and I do think that he's part of the problem as well for this team, big picture, he's been significantly better than Donaldson or LeMayhew. But without Stanton getting going, without Rizzo getting going, without making that change that we just talked about, you know, the team looks lifeless. But don't forget, it's easy to kick them while they're down. It's easy to look at this Yankees team right now and say, you know what, they're not that good. They can't hit without Aaron Judge. That's not, this is not the real Yankee team. They will get Judge back at some point. Bader coming back is going to help them. And they will make moves. Brian Cashman always does. Now, do I feel like you know you could sit here on this date, June 19th, and say that the Yankees are going to go out there and win the World Series? No, I don't feel confident saying that right now, but I still believe they're one of the best teams in the American League. When you look at the competition, and I mean, they, I've, I've seen them. We've seen them play the Rays. We saw it with our own eyes, without uh, Judge and with Judge. So you, you've seen it both ways. And they competed against that team. They can handle that team. You know, Baltimore, same thing. I know Baltimore's very, very good. Ultimately, I have a hard time thinking the Orioles would knock the Yankees off in a series. So while it looks ugly right now, and, you know, we'll find out about the West, whether it's Texas or uh, Angels or Houston, and the Mets will be in Houston starting tonight, so we have that to look forward to to get a, a good look at the Astros. Although, I don't know if you could say that that's going to be a good look at the Astros because you're going to see them feast on a, an awful team. But with the Yankees, you know, I'm still convinced this team is one of the best in the American League. And I'm not getting sucked in again to the overreaction. I made my decision when I watched this team handle the Rays the way that they did earlier in May. And I liked what I saw the rest of that month. I know losing Aaron Judge is a blow, but and I know it's not the excuse, but it is a reality. They're without their best player. They've got to be better, no question about it. I think they will. And it's those guys that I mentioned, you know, they could clean up one or two of those areas. Bader coming back will help. If they bring up Peraza, that will help as well. You can't keep running out Donaldson and LeMayu. Donaldson and or LeMayu on top of the struggles of Volpe, of Rizzo, of Stanton. You know, those that that's the issue. That's it. Look at him. I mean, look at him to a man on top of the starting pitching, not getting the job done either. So, you know, Garrett Cole goes on Tuesday for the Yanks. Maybe that'll start to right the ship here in these six games at home. You know, Mariners and the Rangers will be a fun test coming in. See what Texas could do is, is they're a red hot team. Maybe this will be a telling week for the Yankees here, but I'm not going to get caught up in a rough series at Fenway. You know, they played poorly. I get it. Doubleheader sweep, not uh, pleasant. Getting swept by the Red Sox, not pleasant. The last place Red Sox in the AL East. 
It happens. Yankees usually don't have these bad series. I mean, where you'd be concerned is it's not just that. It's, hey man, what is with these West Coast trips? Yankees come back from L.A. and all of a sudden they can't get a win. Mets, the last time they looked like a decent team was after they came back from the West Coast trip as well. Which is, I mean, we're going back to April now. But for the Yankees here, it is, you know, the last several series, losing a series at home to the White Sox, losing a series at home to these Red Sox. And think about it, the last place Red Sox have taken, you know, five of six from them. Splitting a series with the Mets. So it's been ugly for a couple of weeks for the Yankees. But we've seen this from them before. End of April, early May. Same exact thing. Losing a series to the Blue Jays. Losing a series to the Twins. Losing a series to the Rangers. Playing like garbage, even though they won a series against the Guardians. I'm not falling for it again with this team. They're too good. A couple of changes here or there. Bader coming back. I would recommend Peraza coming up. Maybe moving John Carl Stanton to the outfield, as they said they were going to do, if not for the rain this weekend. Maybe that is something that you know they can do more regularly with Stanton out, with a judge out. And that can help the lineup a little bit. But they do need to make some changes here. They still have the pieces. And they still are the New York Yankees, a team that will be a force in the American League. As for the Mets, dot, 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 we'll get to them on the other side as well as your calls. 877-337-6666. Just getting started on this now. Monday morning, it was a you know a fun weekend. Uh, and we'll get into some of the softball stuff that happened because I was asked by Craig on Thursday to go to that softball game over the weekend. Not a pleasant drive there, but it was a great time. And I am still, like, I could barely walk uh, yesterday and now even today again. Uh, for, and I didn't even hurt myself. A couple guys went down with injury. I was not one of them, but, man, I can't walk. My knees, my legs. Anyway, it was fun hanging out with everybody, playing some softball. We could get into that. Bradley Beal got traded um, so we can get into that. I did want to get to some positives with the Mets, but I'll do the negatives, of course, first with them. Although maybe we'll mention the positives, too, when we come back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Talk New York sports with us. 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Back on the band, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. 
Bring that big bet energy this summer with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the most trusted name in sports betting. And right now, use promo code JERSEYFAN to score up to 250 bucks with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet bonus up to 250 bucks with promo code JERSEYFAN. Simply visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the Superbook New Jersey app in the App Store, enter the promo code JERSEYFAN, and you'll get 250 bucks, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So with the Yankees struggling, of course, which is usually the team that carries us around here, and obviously this year we had high expectations for both teams, with the Yankees struggling, it makes it even more impactful because you could account for, and I know coming off of last year, maybe you wouldn't expect the Mets to have a down year this year, but you could account for the Mets having up and down uh, you know, seasons, right? Where last year they're good, this year they're going to be bad. That's just been their history. They've not been able to really have sustained success ever. But with the Yankees being bad this year, it, or, or playing poorly as of now, being bad is a little different, playing poorly as of now it makes it feel a lot worse because now we have two teams that stink, and the Mets have just been dreadful. And I'm tired of hearing about the schedule and who the Mets are playing. All year long, it's been like that. Oh, well, they got the Tigers. They got the Rockies and Reds and Nationals. They got the Cubs and Rockies again. They've got the Cardinals and Pirates and blah, blah, blah. The Mets stink. They are no good. I told you they were done a couple of weeks ago. Like, what's there to say aside from nothing? After you say a team is done, they're dead, they're buried. The division, I mean, you'd be locked up in an insane asylum if you talked about the Mets and potentially winning that division. And that's long over. We know that. And, you know, we talk about the Yankees being 10 and a half games back. The Mets are 12 and a half games back in the NL East. That's an embarrassment. It shows you that they weren't even real last year. The, the, the Mets are so bad this year, it's taking away from last year's accomplishments. That's how ugly it is with this team. You know, like that phrase, oh, we got knocked in a next week. The Mets, I mean, they're, they're so bad that it's impacting last year's result. You're thinking back to, and maybe you shouldn't, you should be looking ahead, of course, but if you think back to what they were a year ago, and now you see this, you're wondering, how did this team ever compete last year? So it's long over for this team. And even as somebody who said that they were dead a couple of weeks ago, whatever it was when they you know, lost that second game to Atlanta, that to me was the death knell in their season. But I still thought they were going to make the postseason. I mean, it's almost impossible not to, right? For a team of their talent, for a team with that payroll, how are they not going to make the postseason? Well, guess what? I mean... Maybe you guys are right, and I know there's the majority of you saying that, no, their season is over, like, for real, Sal. They're not going to make the playoffs. Maybe that is going to be the case, falling further back in the wild card. And if you can't win a series at home against the crappy St. Louis Cardinals, you've got major, major issues, and we know that the Mets do. And it's not just one thing. It's everything. It's the hitting. It's the pitching. And it really... First and foremost, it's the pitching. Starting pitching and the bullpen, those are the biggest issues because I do think, and I said this a while ago, that the offense could get it turned around 
and at least stabilize a little bit. But even with the offense, you look at them, they're not very good. Starling Marte, not very good. Francisco Lindor, not very good. You know, uh, Alonzo, you got to give him a break here, but he hasn't been as good. When Tommy Pham is your best player, I think you've got issues. Look at look, I mean, look at the team. Mark Canna, Eduardo, just look at it. Look at the names. Even Jeff McNeil stinks this year. Vogel back. I mean, think about it with this team. They're not any good. I'm tired of it. So, I mean, the Mets are falling to a place where they're irrelevant right now. And the only conversation is going to be about what changes need to be made moving forward so this doesn't happen again next year. I don't think it's going to be about Billy Epler and Buck Showalter now, and it shouldn't be about them because they're not going to get changed, and nor should they right now. You know, at the end of the year, maybe things get uh, reevaluated as far as Buck goes. Epler's going to be here. And to me, he's the bigger part of the issue because he built a team that has not been able to sustain success. That's an issue. And if the Mets don't make the playoffs, I, I, I mean, as much as I love Buck Showalter, if the Mets don't make the playoffs this year, I think his job has to be in question. Now, who's going to be better than him? I don't know. It just it, it falls under the point. Put it this way. I don't think the Mets can do better than Buck Showalter, a manager. But they might not need better. They might need different. Because it falls under the category, something's got to give here. You can't just keep running out the same thing. Now, again, this is for the end of the season, which, unfortunately for the Mets, still has three months to go. But I have to believe at some point, They'll figure this thing out. And, you know, you start to read some stuff saying that, and when I say figure this thing out, I mean as far as getting into the wild card, somehow sneaking in there. You know, you start to read they're not going to be able to be aggressive at the trade deadline, which now I don't even know if I want them to do, but they have to be able to stabilize the starting pitching. If they do that, then from there, maybe they can start to get things turned around. But it's never been about who they play. It's about how they play. Because if you can't, they haven't beaten any good teams. They haven't beaten any bad teams. They haven't beaten anybody. A team that didn't lose series last year, all they do is lose series now. It doesn't matter who they play. I mean, it, this this team's lucky they're not in last place. They should be thankful the Nationals are tanking. Man, it is frustrating coming off of that year especially. And this could be the official, you know, if I said they're done as far as the division goes when they lost that second game to Atlanta a couple weeks ago, this week could be the official bye-bye for the Mets as far as the wild card goes, taking on the Astros and then the Phillies. Six games on the road, three in Houston, off day, then three in Philadelphia. This could be it. We could be waving goodbye to the Mets season again in what would be another June swoon. Remember those? We became so familiar with them, and then last year we didn't have it. And now again, you know, the Mets are in one of those June swoons, although really it's been a season-long swoon. But June in particular has just been ugly for them. It has been ugly. It's remarkable a team that did nothing but win series a year ago can't do anything to win a series this year. Nothing but losing series. They will be, I mean, you know, the All-Star break can't come soon enough for this team couple of weeks away from that. And I think the talk is going to start to lean more towards selling. And that would be something I would strongly consider if I'm Billy Epler and the Mets. But this is going to be a lost year 
where they're going to have to reassess, reevaluate, reboot going into next year. Like I said, even if they were to make the postseason, they're not going on any kind of run. And right now, I don't know if you could even say that they were going to make the postseason. Matter of fact, it'd probably be, you know, the majority of people think that this team is a dead team walking. Now, the positives, and I told you they weren't really significant, but at least something to be positive about if you're a Mets fan. The fact that Pete Alonso can come back from an injury in 11 days that was supposed to keep him out three to four weeks is absolutely ridiculous. Usually we hear the opposite about athletes. So I wanted to make a note and make sure that when we see guys like Alonzo come back or we see a guy like Alonzo come back early, a guy like Alonzo who always posts, he plays, He's always out there. He may not be the most talented. He may not be the best all-around player, but he wants it. He wants to play. The guy's a gamer. He's out there every day, pencil in on the lineup. Comes back from that wrist injury three weeks early. Three weeks early. This was one of those I was outside. You know, we were just sitting around, chilling outside, uh, with, watching my daughter run around and pick flowers or whatever. And I look at the news, and I see the lineup, and I, I legit out loud went, what? I couldn't believe Alonzo was back in there. So he deserves a ton of credit. The other guy who deserves a ton of credit is Francisco Lindor. Same thing. Saturday out of that uh, you know, out of that softball game on Staten Island, I could not believe that Lindor made it back to City Field after his wife gave birth. He made it back to City Field to go be a part of the club and get in the game. I mean, you got to be kidding me. So I know Lindor's having a miserable down year, but you give him a ton of credit for wanting to be a part of this team and wanting to go out there and play. He's another guy who posts every day he's playing. And in a world now where we live in with paternity leave and all this stuff, and you know, remember years ago, like Daniel Murphy left and got criticized for it. And that would never happen now. You can't criticize anybody for leaving. But when a guy comes back the day of, that shows you something. They may not be good, you know, the team, but they've got two guys in Lindor and Alonzo who, at the very least, have the desire, the extreme want to, to be a part of this thing and to go out there and try to help this ball club win games. But they need, I mean, they need a change. It's as simple as that. They need a change, a significant one. So and I'm not talking about a firing. I'm talking about in that lineup, in that clubhouse, on that team. They need a significant change. There's no way around it. It's it's look. It's now do or die time. It, it's really over for me. But as far as the wild card goes, if they don't start to win some games against the Astros and Phillies this week, that could go bye bye too. And then we're talking about this team being sellers at the trade deadline. Antonio's calling from Manhattan. What's up, Antonio? Hey, Sal. What's up? What's going on, man? How are you, Antonio? Good, good. Um, I want to talk about the buck and everything that is going on, but really quick, I have to give you credit on something. I really have to, uh, I want to make this point. You are 100% right about buck not liking Vientos. Do you hear what, do you heard, sure, you heard what he said today, a press conference when he was talking before the game? He was saying, he, you know what he said that Vientos will be good someplace else. He'll get a chance to play someplace else. Do you believe that, man? Like, well, did he mean? Didn't he mean? Didn't he mean in the minors? 
Yeah, now nah, he look, look. Just read. I mean, you, you you can listen to it. He basically yeah. said he can play, he can be good someplace else. Um, he'll probably get a shot someplace else. That's what he said. Basically, you're killing his trade value. You're basically killing all his confidence. That's what you're doing, basically. To me. I thought though I he mean, meant, and I'll go back and check it out again. I thought he meant you know because the Mets sent him down. So I you know down not, the That wasn't my interpretation. I felt like he was saying that he'll get a chance to play someplace else or some other you know some uh, other organization. That's basically my sense of I what I I can't imagine. Uh, yeah, but I can't imagine Buck would say that Antonio. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I can't imagine Buck would say that. So I would I would be thinking that he meant it more as far as, you know, he's going to get a chance to play. When he goes to the minors, he'll be playing every single day. You know, the Mets have butchered that. They butchered the Gary Sanchez thing. They have screwed up so many things this year. It's really it's really actually laughable. Yeah, it's, it's really sad. And basically, uh, you know, everything, uh, my main point is this, and uh, what I want to make is I'm puzzled by everything that has gone on this year with Billy Epler, with the players, with Buck, and, and no and, – to me, the, what happened today with Abavino and basically bring him and you know bring him in and basically he faced the same hitters yesterday. How can you bring him in to face the same hitters? And not only that, and not only that, that was basically a bad move by Buck, obviously. But then Abavino, right? This is the thing. He, I remember uh, Tom Seaver real quick. I'll tell a quick story. He was saying that uh, he was in the All Star game and he was facing uh, Kyle Jastrzemski. And basically, there was a guy on the on deck circle that he said, "You know what? That is my out. That's the guy that I'm going to get out. This guy Kyle, he's a great hitter. I'm not going to pitch to him." And basically, that's the same thing. Basically, with, with Arenado, you you have to say, "You know what? I'm not going to let him beat me." You know what? I'm gonna. Basically... Well, I don't know why Buck. I don't know why Buck would go. See, I didn't like the idea just of you got the results the day before. Why would you go back to the same, the the same format again the day after? I know that sounds crazy. Well, the answer would be because they just did it the day before. So why wouldn't I think they're going to do it again? Because that's not how it works. It's not easy to get those guys out the way that Adovino did prior. So you're going to go back to the same picture against them again? I thought that was a mistake. But Adovino sucks. Like I don't like Adovino. Period. Buck trusts him based off of last year. I never liked Adovino because I watched him with the Yankees. I never, ever once liked him coming to the Mets. I hated the idea of it. He, when he gets hit, he gives up homers. He's so hittable. And Adovino could sit there and say, oh, it's the first home run I gave up to a righty, blah, blah, blah. He stinks. Adovino stinks. As much as the Mets need bullpen arms, I want him traded in the worst Way he can't hold runners on. He's terrible. He can't pitch the lefties. Adovino stinks. So I don't like him on the team. Period. And I didn't love the way that Buck handled that yesterday either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that to me, that was basically kind of like it's, it's again. It's been emblematic of what has been happening all year. I mean, from the top down. Uh, again, the players, Buck, Billy Epler, they failed. But they basically failed the team. And I think you know that this is going to get uglier. As the season goes on, I think, you know, this season, maybe the Mets will be at 500 team. Maybe. Uh, talk to you soon, man. Yeah, maybe. And thank you, Antonio, for the call. Appreciate it. Maybe. I don't think that's going to be the case. Fleegs, where are you at right now? I know you're a big Mets fan, you know, a dire Mets fan, season takes a lot of stuff. Where are you at as far as this team being a wild card? Forget the division. We know that's over. Do you think this team ultimately is going to be a wild card team at the end of the year? No, I think they're done. Wow. I did the overnight yesterday, and I opened the show saying, listen, this is horrible. It sucks that we're here, but the Mets need to acknowledge what they are, 
and realize that they have the best trade chip to sell at the deadline and go get something good for David Robertson. They're done. I mean, that's probably the reality. I, I just have a hard time. If you look at it, if you look at the standings realistically, forget about even the standings. If you watch this team play, you know the difference. We've watched baseball our whole lives. You know the difference of a good team and a bad team. And, and that's what's that changed, especially in the last few weeks. Like all the comparisons to the Phillies, Nationals, Braves teams of the last few years, those teams had gotten it going by now. The Mets had their opportunity two and a half weeks ago. They sweep the Phillies. They're three games above five they They're right there for a playoff spot. That was their chance to really kick things into gear, and they're now 3-11 and since then, and they just lost two out of three to the worst team in the National League. They are done. And, and, a, and a team that we saw Friday looked dreadful in the Cardinals. It was like, oh, my God, if the Mets don't sweep this series, it's going to be an embarrassment. Adam and Wainwright hasn't with- pitched well in a single game all season, but, of course, the Mets couldn't do that much against them. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And they go out there and lose two out of three to this team. They stink. Yeah, I mean, I hate to. It's not that I hate to admit it. It's that I hate to give up on a wild card spot where three teams in the National League are going to be in a wild card spot. How can you not? And you're talking about an expanded postseason on top of the division. How could a team with this payroll, a team that won 101 games last year, why is it always the Mets? How could you fold like that? Like, we could have expected them to not be as good this year. I did not think they would be as good this year. So that's not a shock. But to completely be a disaster, five games under five hundred, losing to these bad teams, being five and a half games back of the wild card with how many teams in front of you? They're tied for the fourth worst record in the National League. Like, that, you can't even make an argument right now for this team getting to 86, 87 wins, which may or may not be enough. But right now, it doesn't feel like they have any chance to get there. Like the Padres have maybe started playing a little bit better. The Phillies are much better. The Giants got healthy. They're much better. Right now, you can't see the Mets making that kind of run, even with all you the know, talent they have, just because this group this year has not shown you that they have it in them. And it's funny, too, Fleece. We look at the schedule and say, well, the Mets, they should be able to beat this team and that team. There are only... A few teams worse than the Mets. But even like all of them in the national, I mean, the, the one losing team the Mets have won a series against is the A's. They swept them. But if you look at the National League teams, the Nationals, they lost a series, split a series. The Rockies lost both series. The Cardinals lost a series. The Cubs lost a series. Like they, And that's the team that's tied with them. They right. have been horrible against these. I mean, it's a miracle that they've played better against the teams with good records. You know, the series win against the Rays and the series win against the Dodgers and sweeping the Phillies. Where would they be without that? And and, and that's basically it. I mean, you just hit the three series, really. Three. Think about that, please. Of the entire year. I mean, the, the A's sweep. Yeah, but against the A's. The, the good teams that they played the entire year. Two out of three from the Dodgers. They take two out of three from the Rays, and they swept the Phillies. That is it the entire year. Those are the only real, hmm, maybe this team could get it going moments. And two series series. wins against a Marlins team that is much different now than they were when the Mets played them. I mean, they are, uh, and you're right, they should have been by now, they should have been able to get it going a little bit. And we heard a couple weeks ago, oh, Sal, last year you buried the Mets, or you buried the Braves in the division. The, the Mets are the same amount back. Come on, guys. If you thought it's the same thing, you're out of your mind. Yeah, you know, last year the Braves st- started to win every single game since May 31st on. 
We're now mid-June, and the Mets are still going in the wrong direction. And the Mets have to I pass just, five teams. The Braves had to pass one team, and they, right, they exactly. caught them just barely. You know, that's the other thing. When you look at the amount of teams that are in front of them, even if you don't want to say the Cubs because they're tied, Pirates, Padres, Reds, Phillies, Dodgers. I mean, that's five teams right there for one spot. For that, you want to throw in the Giants at six teams for two spots in there. And how is it, how is it possible that the Miami Marlins, with that no payroll, a team that's basically built to go out there and lose, how is it possible that the Marlins are significantly better than the Mets? Well, Sal, you, you want to feel better? The Mets have a better run differential than the Marlins. Do they actually? Oh, my God, look at that. How are the Marlins? Minus 24, I'm looking at that now. Like the Marlins Mets are one are of those teams that you look at and say, okay, that's fluky, they might not be there, but the Giants, Dodgers, Phillies, and Padres, you don't have that same feeling with. Marlins are 10 games over 500, just five games back. The Marlins, they stink. See, the Mets have talent, but they're a bad team. You can have good talent, but a bad team. That's what the Mets have. And it's a different story with the Yankees because they're missing their big their big parts. I don't think the Yankees are a bad team. The Yankees are a good team that is not playing well right now. That's all over the place because they're losing or they're missing key parts, especially Aaron Judge, obviously. Not the excuse, not the be-all, end-all. It is an excuse. But they're still, even when the Yankees are talking about them being bad, you know, they're still over 500. They're still playing okay baseball the entire year. At times very good, at times okay, at times not so good, but they've played good baseball. The Mets have not been a good team at all this year. I mean, outside of we mentioned, as Flea just mentioned, two or three series. You know the Pirates have not won a game since they won the series from the Mets last weekend? Shocker. Shocker. Well, that to me was another one. Like, even Pittsburgh. There have been certain moments to me with this team, whether it's you want to erase everything that happened prior to the Philly series in June where they swept them, fine. Okay, let's forget that and start from there. Sweep the Phillies, get swept by the Blue Jays. Like, that's bad sign number one. Okay, erase that. Scherzer, Verlander, and two out of the three in Atlanta, go win a series. That losing that second game with Scherzer, that to me was the end of the division. And then, again, after the closed-door meeting, that Buck had on the Friday night in Pittsburgh where they showed you that they were dead. He has the closed-door meeting. They win that Saturday. That Sunday game against the Pirates, that to me was another. They Like, this has to be it. You've got to win this game some way, somehow on Sunday. Take two out of three. Start to have some kind of positive feel coming back home, going to take on the Yankees with Verlander and Scherzer and then the Cardinals. And they lost the game on Sunday after the closed-door meeting. So they lose two out of three to Pittsburgh. They lose the first game to the Yankees. They lose now two out of three to the Cardinals. Like, it just keeps getting worse for this team. They're done. That's it. We know it. And pretty soon, not tonight, because we're on tonight at twelve to five, so we got to talk about something. And the Mets are, you know, going to be reacting to the Mets and Astros, and with the Yankees on an off day, especially. Although, hey, look, we may have to throw some Knicks in there as well. Maybe we'll talk some Bradley Beal, Knicks free agency. Start to get excited about Giants and Jets, because the Mets are falling into the worst thing possible: irrelevancy. We know what we think. What do you think? Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sal, got it back on the fan. 877-337-6666. A dreadful weekend in New York baseball. What more to say about the Mets? I mean, that's it. They're just a bad baseball team. 
a lot of talent, a bad team. And you can't keep, well, maybe this series. Oh, maybe against this team. Oh, maybe that team. Uh, they were Their season really effectively ended two weeks ago against Atlanta. But now this might have been the final nail in the coffin, even the playoff coffin for the Mets. And for the Yankees, it's just a matter of how they got to fix this thing until Judge comes back. I think getting Bader back on Tuesday will help. I believe calling up Peraza would be the right thing to do in this spot, bringing up a player that could be potentially positive as opposed to Donaldson, LeMayu, who have been awful, and Volpe. I mean, think about it. The the Yankees don't have an outfield without Aaron Judge and Bader, and their infield's been dreadful. Rizzo can't get a hit. I mean, Glaber Torres, who is a losing player, he's been their best part. Volpe can't get a hit. Donaldson, LeMayu, they can't get a hit. It's been ugly. Ray is calling from Waterbury, Connecticut. What's up, Ray? Hi, Sal. They, Hi, they basically have a good. How you doing, Sal? Good. They, good. Basically, they have a week to save their season. They have to play well this week, or the season's over. Here's. I here's think that's probably probably a good way to put it. And again, it's not about the opponent. However, if you can't beat the Cardinals at home, why would I think that you could beat the Astros or Phillies on the road? Right. The problem is they they were in. In denial, way back when they needed hitting in the winter time to beef up the lineup, they, uh, Epler was, you know, he he was like stubborn. He 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 that said they didn't need power. The bottom line is they they were stubborn with Vogel back, leaving him around way too long. And if, what I would do now, I wouldn't start Carrasco anymore. I give I give McGill another sheet. He pitched pretty good last time. I would bring up Mike Vazel as soon as he starts pitching well in Triple A. I would bring up Mauricio. Yeah, you're talking about Double A guys, Ray. That look at at this point. Yeah, I mean the season's over, so you want to start developing guys at the major league level. Maybe I I think though they got to figure out their biggest thing. Forget about who they could bring up because it doesn't really matter at this point. It's over. They have to figure out how this happened, and I really still believe. Because it's basically the same team from a year ago. First and foremost, I think it's the starting pitching that has sunk this team. That's number one. But number two, I really do believe that this team is soft and never recovered from getting swept by the Braves. That is the difference. When you look back over the big picture, the entirety of last season and so far the first three months of this season, it's been a different team since they've gotten swept by Atlanta. That's the one benchmark where you could look at and say nothing has been the same since that date. This is essentially the same team. How has that been the case? Are they soft? Who's the problem? Do they need a leader? Like those are things they have to start looking at. Not Mike Vassell and Ronnie Mauricio from the Miners. Yeah, but you know, Sal, the bottom line is, you know, if you pitch poorly and fall behind every night, then you then you you're you're running you're playing from behind all the time, and then they tie it up, and then the bullpen gives it up because it's it's tired by being used too much. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is, I would bring up Voight now. He, he's tearing it up this week. Why not? I I give him a DH job or Mauricio DH, and I release a couple of guys. Release Vogel back. They made it sound like his home run uh, turn things around for him. Big deal. The bottom line is. The bottom line is don't pitch Carrasco anymore. But I do think I do think Verlander will pitch well. I'm not, I, I think Scherzer will pitch well too. I think they have a little little something left for this week, and then let's oh, go from there. 
Well, there you go, right? So you're still not saying it's over, and thank you for the call. You're giving him one more week. That's fair. I mean, you want to go through, get through the end of June and give him one more week? Fine. Crazier things have happened. I cannot. I mean, I, you know, like I said, wild card. At this point, who knows? It's such a, you know, there's so many teams in front of them, but you don't have to be that good to be in the postseason. You would think a team like this that has still three months left in the season should be able to start winning enough games to be a wild card team. But the reason why I don't even necessarily care about that is because I had World Series or bust expectations. So once I knew that that was not going to happen, and I knew that that was not going to happen definitively last Tuesday or two two, days, uh, two Tuesdays ago against Atlanta, down in Atlanta, once I realized that that was not going to happen, once I realized Max Scherzer is in fact toast, that's it. Season's over as far as winning a World Series. So I don't even care if they make the postseason. I figured at the very least, though, they'd be in the running for one and give us that all year long to to make a run. I mean, we honestly, I'm serious, I don't even want to talk about them anymore. What's left to say? Until they start playing some winning baseball, like, I'm just asking for them to win a series. Is that impossible? Like, think about what we'd be talking about if they won the series from the Cardinals. You think people would be calling up being like, here we go, Sal, here we go, baby, Mets are back. Wild card run, here we come. No, that would not be the narrative. would be like, oh my God, they won two out of three. They couldn't even sweep the Cardinals. Or just be like, yes, yeah, so what? Big deal, they're still under 500. Like, wake me up when you get to 500. As I said a long time ago now, until they cut Vogel back, I can't take him seriously. Until they get to 500, I can't take him seriously. Like, there are a million things with this team that are impossible to take seriously. And we do need to, I thought Laura Albanese wrote an excellent column uh, in Newsday, uh, in the Sunday's uh, newspaper uh, uh, for Newsday. So the co- column probably came out online you know, the day before, whatever. The days get mixed up. But I read it in Sunday's paper in Newsday. And it was talking about how like we've got to basically move on from what they were a year ago. This isn't last year's team anymore. And, and, and I do it all the time. We reference last year. Because it's basically the same team we referenced a year ago. We referenced 101 wins, but that's it. That's long in the past. Now we're at the we're approaching. You know, we're in mid June. We're approaching the end of June, and this team has not been good at all. It's time to stop looking at last year and comparisons and all that, and start looking at what is right now for this team, and what needs to be done to fix it. Ken is calling from Queens. What's up, Ken? Yes, Al, I bet you Houston's licking their chops with the Mets coming to town. Oh, they're licking their chops. And the Mets got to face their best pitcher, of course, tomorrow, Valdez. Boy, oh, boy. Huh? Does it even matter, Ken? I mean, the Mets just face one of the worst teams in baseball. No, it doesn't matter, Sal. I think I told you two months ago, I saw this team winning 80 games, not making the playoffs, and being sellers. And I think your reaction was, oh, no, they're going to make the playoffs. And, oh, they'll never be sellers. Well, you know what? Like Fleek said, it'll start with Robinson. Rally will go. Hopefully they can get rid of that bum out of Vino. And that'll be the start of it. I wish they could get rid of Marte, too, because that guy hasn't got a big hit, and I can't remember when. That's, yeah, maybe they could. That, maybe they will get rid of Marte. Look, the thing is, the Mets are – they, they fit the bill. Know. 
But but you said it before, Sal. You put the words right into my mouth. You said they butchered Venkios and they butchered the other guy. So who's Sanchez. to take the blame for that, Sal? Who's to take the blame for that? Well, I, I think that they look. It's a it's a collaborative effort as always. But I think that Epler and Buck deserve the blame for uh, all this stuff. Now, obviously, it's on the players. Yeah. They brought in good players that they should be able to be a better team. But it's the collaborative effort of both Epler and Buck. Now, again, even though I deserve uh, or saying they deserve blame for both, uh, you know, for a lot of things, both those guys this year, it doesn't mean that they both should be fired. I mean, that talk is ridiculous that you'd fire Epler or fire Buck Showalter. But, no, they won't get fired, but I guarantee you next year when Stearns comes, everybody knows that, and when Mr. Carlos Beltran will be the manager of this team. I guarantee you next year that's what's well, going to be. Well, I don't know about that. You know, that's an interesting. He looks burnt out, Buck. He looks like he's aged 20 years since the beginning of the season. Well, thank you for the call, Ken. I appreciate checking in. Uh, I will say that I do – I can't even believe I'm saying this. I do agree with you, Ken. In the regard of Buck looking burnt out. Now, losing can do that. It can make everything look bad. Oh, my God, this team looks like they don't care. Oh, this team looks lifeless just because they're losing. And maybe that's a part of it. I mean, physically, Buck looks the same as he did a year ago, right? So we're not just saying, oh, he looks older. He looks burnt out. No, he looks the same exact. It's just the team. It feels like, and it's the same stuff. The fact that the team is losing repeatedly and he's saying the same things repeatedly. I feel like that could make him or the situation feel burnt out. And that's exactly what's going on here. Now I'm like, I don't know about Beltron being the manager at some point next year. Uh, and to me, what the Mets have to do is go into the off season, reevaluate everything and go into year three with, Epler Buck with this combination and make that a essential make or break year. Now you want continuity within an organization. You want stability. So I'm not saying that they should be firing everybody, but you know, you, you, you can't fire guys coming off of a 101 win season. You can, however, start to seriously contemplate making changes if things play, let's just say hypothetically, things played out this entire season the same way they are right now, and the Mets don't make the playoffs and they finish under 500, uh, I, I mean, a major reassessment is going to be needed about what went wrong. And if everything is intact going into year three, it's going to be with a very short leash. I don't think there's any question about that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.